The reading is taken from the first book of Kings, chapter 19, verses 1 through to 15, which if you're following in the church Bible is on page 362. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. He came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he travelled for forty days and forty nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael king over Aram. This is the word of the Lord. Father God, thank you for your presence amongst us this evening. Thank you for this chance to remember. Lord, I pray that as we take a moment to reflect, Lord, your truth would speak to us and we would know that we are loved by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good evening. Um, let me add my welcome to you this evening. 
I see a lot of faces that I recognise uh, and some people who I've never met before. Uh, so let me introduce myself. As Paul said, I'm Aidan. Uh, I joined the clergy team here uh, with Joe, Paul and Chris uh, this July. Uh, and it's a real privilege to speak to you this evening. I especially want to welcome you this evening if you are a bit new to church, you're a bit unfamiliar uh, with this setting. If that's you this evening, I just want to encourage you to relax. You know, try as much as you can to know that this is a safe space. And uh, just in case you're not used to someone speaking at a church, then don't worry, I'm only going to go on for about 10 minutes. You don't have to pretend to listen for long. It's okay. But let me start by saying this to everyone. Well done for coming this evening. Well done. As I said, there are some people here I haven't met before. I don't know your story. Uh, I don't know your journey to this point. But I do know that coming this evening will have taken some bravery... It would have taken some resolve and some courage, and it won't necessarily have been that easy. So well done for coming this evening. For everyone here, there is a story. For everyone here, there is a journey. There'll be similarities in that we're all remembering uh, someone who's passed away, someone who's died, and we're all bringing that person or people to, to this evening. And we might have experienced similar emotions at times, But in reality, we're all in our own unique story and our own unique journey. For some of you, uh, your grief may be very recent. For some of you, uh, it may feel like the funeral was only yesterday. It may have only been a few weeks ago. For others, it would have been, you'll be in a different place. You may have said goodbye to your loved one a few months or even years ago. Each bereavement is unique. Each journey is walked differently. But I really want to encourage you this evening. Whether or not you're aware of this, God is with you. God is constantly there for you. He's with us in the good times, but crucially, he's there when we struggle. God is with you. Now, to illustrate this, I want you to imagine with me a tightrope. Maybe a tightrope over a big valley, Maybe something, a big ravine like the Grand Canyon. And there's a tightrope walker on that tightrope, walking across. Now, as you can tell, looking at me, I'm not particularly good at tightrope walking. You know, gravity, for some reason, has a rather large effect on me. But I have tried the most basic form of tightrope walking once, where a friend of mine brought a bungee rope and tied it between two trees about a foot off the ground. So it was still terrifying. What I found was, I had a go at this, and what I found was when I was closest to the trees, I could just about stay on. I could just about, you know, keep my balance. But as soon as I got anywhere near the middle, I'd wobble and I'd fall off every time. It's the wobbliest part is in the middle, furthest away from those kind of solid groundings. Now imagine for me, you're on a proper big tightrope over that ravine. There's security behind you. There's firm ground behind you. There's sure ground in front of you. But currently you're in the middle of that rope. Or you're very close to the middle of that rope. The most wobbly part. In many ways I wonder if your grief journey is something similar to this. Behind you is all the memories that you share with your loved one. Solid, stable events in your life. 
that brought you all kinds of positive experience. As a Christian, I can tell you that there is a sure ground ahead of us, an even more secure place than the one behind. The other side of the valley is a strong, solid ground that is the world that is to come. Through his son, Jesus Christ, God will bring his people to an eternal relationship with him, to a place where there is ultimate security, where the Bible says there will be no more tears, no more death, no more suffering, no more mourning or crying or pain. There will be a new heaven and a new earth where the awful things of this world, such as death, have passed away. That place is to come. It is is there for all of us through faith in Jesus. But right now, you're on that tightrope. And life feels a bit wobbly and anything but secure and enjoyable. And some of you may feel closer to the middle of that tightrope than ever before. What I want to say to you tonight is that even if it feels like you're on that tightrope, even if it feels like you're struggling, struggling to keep your balance, God is there with you. He is at, he's completely and utterly your safety net. He won't let anything derail you. He won't let anything stop you. God is with you. Now, we just had a reading from 1 Kings 19, which may sound like a bit of an odd story to some of you. Others will be fairly familiar with it because if you come to Christchurch regularly, uh, last week Nigel spoke on it uh, as a passage, as our key passage. He focused on what it says about hearing from God in times of trouble. But what struck me as I prepared for this evening is that this little short story written, written down over two and a half thousand years ago is one of the best examples of how Uh, God cares for his people in moments of need. The life story of Jesus is all about how God cares. But maybe this little story is the best quick example to show how God cares for his people in their moments of need. Elijah, the main character, he was a prophet who did amazing things. In just a a few chapters before, uh, a few chapters of the Bible before the one we heard, he went to the king of Israel and he said, because the people had left you know, walked away from God. God was, there was going to be a drought. And Elijah says, it's not going to rain. And you know what? It stopped raining. He prayed for a young boy at one point who'd passed away, who died. He prayed that God would bring him back to life. And he was brought back to life. Just before this story, he has a big kind of competition with these 500 prophets of Baal. And, uh, and he prays for a miracle. And you know what? God delivers an amazing miracle. He was a great man of faith, saw many amazing things. He was one who knew what that good ground behind him was. He knew what, the, the, he knew what that good ground was on the tightrope of life. But then it all changes. Seemingly out of the blue, something happens. And he finds himself on the wobbliest part of that tightrope. See, Queen Jezebel, she declares that Elijah is going to be killed... And Elijah is so scared about what's going to happen to him, he runs away. And he's so low that he prays to God, take my life from me. He gets as low as you can go. But what follows is an amazing demonstration of how God cares and loves his people. It is not as if in the good times God is there 
and all present and all good. And when it's in the bad times, he can't be bothered with Elijah anymore. No, if anything, it's the opposite. In the lowest times, God shows the most tender compassion for Elijah. He cares for him. He gives him rest. He gives him food and water. He gives him rest again. Sleeping is not a one-off thing. He looks after him again and again. In the wobbliest parts of Elijah's life, God is with him. And he revives him to the point where he has the energy to take that next step gradually on that tightrope. Before he was running away and scared, but now he is running to something. He is steadily journeying towards a place called Horeb, which the Jews knew as the mountain of the Lord. He was slowly journeying on that tightrope towards that side of hope and restoration. And when he gets to Horeb, Elijah has an amazing encounter with God. But crucially, I think, God lets Elijah vent to him. Twice, he says, you know, people have abandoned me. He's honest with God. He shares his true feelings, his true fears. But somehow, as he does, God seems to steadily restore Elijah. Steadily help him, step by step, take that journey. And our reading finishes with a a little insight for the story to come. That he calls Elijah to anoint a king to continue in that journey. That journey of life. And he plays a crucial role in the story of God's people. But this reality for Elijah is the same thing I want to encourage you with this evening. And I'm, I'm almost finished, I promise. I want to encourage you that wherever you're at on that tightrope, God is with you. I know that soon it's Christmas. And for many of you, that may feel a bit, a bit tough. My granddad passed away on Christmas Day, albeit a few years ago now. And for, a reason, for, for that clear reason, Christmas is the toughest time of year for my dad. Because it obviously reminds him about his own father. For many of us, Christmas and the memories we have behind us mean that it might perhaps be a very wobbly moment. But I want to finish about thinking about a word from the Nativity story. About the birth of Jesus. When the angel is talking to Joseph and telling him about the son that Mary is going to have, he says to Mary this, he says, that you will, she's going to conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Now that is one of the titles that Jesus had. It's one of the titles that Jesus has. Emmanuel. It may not be a word you are familiar with, but it means God with us. Every time this Christmas you find yourself in a wobbly place, maybe remember the hymn or the carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Maybe at moments of life, remember that phrase, Emmanuel, God with us. And wherever you find yourself, physically or emotionally, Emmanuel, God is with you. Shall we pray? Lord, we pray that tonight, and as we move on from this place, we would know that amazing truth 
God is with us. Lord, I pray for people who are in that wobbliest part of that tightrope or very close to it. Show yourself to be that, that type, that uh, safety net, that safety cord. Father, thank you that we can trust you. Whether we know it or not, we can trust you and find hope in you. And, and we just pray that you would minister to us this evening. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Aidan. At the heart of our service, there's an opportunity for us to remember our loved ones. And in a few moments, we'll be reading out the names of those we particularly want to remember this evening. And there'll be an opportunity after that for folks to come forward and to place a lighted tea light on the cross here, this cross which reminds us of God's great love for us. But before that, we're going to sing a song that echoes the sentiments that Aidan's just expressed and reminds us of the God who's with us. It's called Faithful One. It may not be one that's familiar to all of you, but it speaks of the one who is our rock in times of trouble, the one who lifts us up when we fall down, the one who all through the storm expresses his love to us, and his love is the anchor. In him we can find our hopes. We're going to sing this through twice. Let's stand as we sing it together.